0: welcome to another episode of Of Sound Health. I am Sabrina Castaneda and I am your host. I have a doctorate in occupational therapy and I like to practice integrative holistic occupational therapy. Today we're going to be talking about the arts and by the arts I mean dance, music, singing or listening to it in a receptive form, drawing, painting, any creative plastic arts, ceramics of any kind, and writing, various different kinds of writing. And in many cases, many of the studies include Tai Chi, yoga, as well as other physical expressions like theater and dramatization, or what we would consider sometimes called performance theater. All of these have a way to help us get to know ourselves better, um, modulate our moods and emotionally regulate ourselves. They have an effect on our brain and its neuroplasticity and restructuring its brain and thus restructuring and helping us um, arrive at a place that we behave and feel differently, usually more empowered healthier and more joyful so let's explore some of the ways that the arts can um, enhance our life and our health and well-being aspect that is most powerful about art and that is the ability to create a symbolic a symbolic representation of an interior world and for me i feel like this has been the most powerful thing for myself when i've experienced using the arts for health and healing And it's been the most important thing that a lot of my clients have shared with me, which is why I'm starting with that. For any additional information with the fine arts and the drawing and the painting and music and how it's used in community, I would highly recommend that you listen to my interview with Isabel Freisberg. She is an occupational therapist who uses art in the community for mental health adults and has had incredible success in finding a place for them to develop their productivity, their sense of self, their identity, and wellness and healing as well. So please look at that episode and uh, listen to it and enjoy. So let's return to the symbolic aspects of uh, art so when you create something you are creating something that is outside of you that is going beyond your conscious mind sometimes and allows you to talk about it outside of you you are able to see it as something separate from you and as and in being separate in a way from you you're able then to In many cases, the words I've heard my clients use are overcome, analyze, not identify with. So they're finally able to see what was making them ill or disturbed or unhappy or an obstacle or a challenge. They were able to see it as not necessarily them, as they could see themselves as themselves away from whatever was needing to be brought out and to be I would like I don't like the word necessarily work but that needs to be addressed. And so that powerful component can have many effects. It can be cathartic. Sometimes there doesn't need to be a discussion or an analysis. It can just be the actual act of doing it. The physical mind-body engagement that takes place whenever we create art is cathartic in itself and in itself is healing. It, can leaves, uh, it creates a process through which unfinished business can be addressed. So a lot of things that we need to process that we have not had closure on or developed some level of narrative and finality to, we have an opportunity to do that through creating art it also allows us to make sense of life events. So sometimes when we create um, a narrative, and I like to use the Kawa model for this, the occupational therapy Kawa model, you know, life is a river and we go through this river and we're able to draw it, we're able to paint it, we're able to sing it, we're able to dance it, we're able to express this Kawa model, how the client wishes to express themselves their situations, their obstacles, their challenges. And that is very, very powerful because it gives them not only a process of expressing themselves, it also gives them the power to choose what are the obstacles they want to address. I mean, sometimes we realize that might have been obstacles and challenges in one person's life. They never saw them as obstacles and challenges they saw them as opportunities for growth. Sometimes the process of drawing, dancing, and uh, creating art and poetry and writing about it makes us realize that, makes us realize that it is part of this life is a flowing river, a journey, the hero's journey, sometimes we call it. um, Very, very powerful for um, developing and making sense of life's events. It also, and this I think is so fascinating, it also makes explicit that which is implicit or unconscious. And this is very, very powerful because many times when we're confronted with something and we process it through art, we bypass the sensor, I guess you could call it, of our conscious mind, and many information elements come up that we would have not had had we just stuck to the linear... um, narrative or just to the linear questionnaire, even worse, a survey, right? (laughs) Okay, you got number five on that. Okay. Uh, That does not really work, right? I mean, knowing that you got a number five or a number 10 on a particular question does not move things forward. However, when you're able to express it in your own creative, individual, unique way, that gives you a lot of elements to work with. And that is one of the powerful things about uh, the subconscious making an appearance. And Bernie Siegel, he is a doctor who used art and I highly, highly recommend anyone who is working with clients and wants to use art, both for mental health and for physical rehabilitation. Uh, The Art of Healing by Bernie Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. This is perhaps one of the most powerful books of the implicit made explicit and bypassing the unconscious and using it as a tool, not only for process, but for decision-making and and living out your life and your healing and your wellness. So also art is a way to make something that perhaps is difficult to explain in a narr- like I said, in a linear narrative way into a concrete thing or object that can be explored together and shared with uh, your client or yourself. Sometimes we need to say, what is the color I'm feeling today? What is uh, the, the the object that comes to mind when I confronted with this new uh, project or job or uh, event in my life? What is it that how, how am I imagining it? And when you draw it, and it comes out, and you see it, or you create a poem about it, or you journal about it, that has uh, an effect that allows us to suddenly have it concrete and maybe even give us the tools with which how to deal with it. Like, is I, is I dealing with something that I'm perceiving very hard and cold with rough edges? Or am I perceiving it's something flowing and relaxed? And when I compare these two events, with, and, and I've decided that I'm going to do uh, take a certain job and I illustrate how I envision it happening in my future and one is hard and rough and unpleasant and one is beautiful and smooth and pleasant I would definitely choose the one that was more pleasant but sometimes our conscious mind does not see that right especially with our social conditioning and the demands that we have and the demands we put on ourselves we sometimes are not able to see that so making an object concrete is very, very helpful. That might be very abstract. Another thing is that creating art is not only a physical thing. It's an emotional, spiritual, psychosocial event, and it's a metaphor for who we are. Let's explore that in more depth later. explore the mind-body connection of between the arts and healing on a very superficial level the arts can be used for physical rehabilitation and here I might add you might want to visit with uh, Bridget Boiselle that's the episode that I have where I interview her in which she discusses how she uses the arts for neurorehabilitation, both with pediatrics and adult populations and both for mental health and physical rehabilitation. So please be sure and listen to that episode as well as Isabel Friesberg's. And if you're a therapist, definitely take Isabel's continuing education class, which is coming up July 12th. So continuing are on a very superficial structural level. Let's just start with, you know, orthopedic type uh, rehabilitation. You can actually heal your hands and your arms and your structure and develop endurance by painting, by developing standing and posture, by using fine motor, like to create origami, or using different pencil sizes or different tools of different widths and grips. Which and different movements, which would allow you to physically rehabilitate. However, you don't just always just physical rehabilitate, as we all know, and we've all experienced. When you're creating art, your mind is included. In fact, whenever people engage in um, doing artwork, it has been found to also increase our capacity for intention, emotional regulation, intention, and self-organization awareness in space especially if you're engaged in some sort of somatic body uh, type of art that would be anything like theater dance tai chi yoga any of these would engage you in such a way that you would be aware of your body in ways that not only would physically rehabilitate you, it would also make you more sensitive and aware to it. Thus, increasing your capacity to be sensitive to your moods, your thoughts, and develop an awareness of intentionality and choose to respond versus simply react because you would become more aware, more sensitive. The arts also have a way of, as I discussed, putting outside of us for example, doing a body mapping pain, uh, painting in which we're able to discuss what the pain is. Sometimes it's almost like a mindfulness, which allows us to sit with the pain, which allows us to become aware of it as something that is there, but may not necessarily always be limiting. We can create the story behind it. And we can understand that there are moments throughout our day where it is not dominant. And we can see that we can see that in our theatrical, artistic endeavors, which show us these gaps where the pain is not present. And then we can capitalize on those moments. Another way that the mind-body connection heals us is we can develop endurance. We can sit upright to paint. We can stand as we paint. We can do dance, which uh, often involves developing coordination, motor coordination, intentionality, understanding our limitations, understanding just how far we can extend. And the mere act of moving in synchrony with music, whether we're painting, or dancing, or singing, or just receptively listening to it, has been found to neurologically affect our brain in such a way that it decreases the nervous centers and increases the areas for relaxation and positive affect. Additionally, we have found that a lot of times when we're doing directed artwork, it is important that it's not just doing the artwork. It needs to be guided, whether it's through yourself, through your own self awareness and making an effort to guide yourself to have come to some sort of self awareness and resolution. So we need to understand that, for instance, when we do writing, for instance, and this is so powerful, it is not just journaling for it to produce health and determine in a way a a wellness aspect to it, it's very important that we're not just simply recording our life events, examining it and understanding the impact of what we are creating and wanting to express is what makes it healing. And for Art again I told you I would use the Bernie Siegel book for that. I would also use the book of Pat Allen. Art is a way of knowing, a guide to self-knowledge and spiritual fulfillment through creativity. This book is and I know I've been using the word powerful, but there is no other truly wor- other word to use for the arts except that they are powerful. They're transformative in their doing and in their creating and in their analysis and in the process of analyzing them and unpacking them if you were and sharing them and creating a community if you do if you do it in an open art studio space the effect it has on your life is nothing less than powerful and many times we will find ourselves getting healed and actually reversing many of the symptoms of many of the chronic diseases we feel because we are changing our minds and our brains and our bodies in the process of doing these arts. We are changing our relationship to our illness, our pain. And so I highly recommend that book. And then, as far as writing goes, I would use the opening up book, The Healing Power of Expressing Emotions by James Pennebaker. And in this, he gives many activities and he works with and does research and the research studies that he does is with Smythe and Pennebaker and he gives this activity which we will provide you at the end of this episode so that you too can go beyond simply journaling and just writing your life's events. and. Again, I hate to bring up Boiselle one more time. I sound like I'm harping, but I do want you guys to listen to her because she totally explains the power, the neurological power behind learning arts and how they can affect us when we're well and in the community and we need to process our life events. And when we're in a clinical situation and we need to get well the arts provide a way to get well. They can be singing songs, they can be singing mantras, which are uh, phrases of power and vibrational power. They can be as well uh, practicing emotion through, uh, expressing emotion appropriately through theater and play. So it's very, very important that we start engaging these artistic endeavors into our everyday life. And she does provide us with many wonderful exercises that we can do um, in exploring journaling. So let us then discuss what happens neurologically to your brain. So we know that there when you're engaged in doing art, it is a form of meditation. And as the previous episodes, we talked about the brain structural changes that happen when you meditate, you get the same brain structural changes when you produce art and it's art that is meaningful. We are not talking about commercial art here where that has a place as well, I'm sure, but we're not attempting to create um, the piece of work that's going to sell at an art gallery or at a gift shop. We are trying to connect with that part of ourselves that we are not able to reach for through the regular channels. So art provides an opportunity to physically engage and heal. Art provides a way to focus and pro- uh, create meaning and promote healing, both mental and spiritual. The arts have been used throughout many, 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 many eons and have had the impact of healing and well-being. And we have seemed to have forgotten it, but they're re-emerging. So I would highly, highly recommend that you look into that. And we're going to now discuss in the next section the WHO, the 2020 WHO scoping review of the benefits of the arts. It, you can just Google 2020 WHO, World Health Organization Evidence of Arts Scoping Review, and we will discuss many of the benefits they found producing art, and this was a scoping review of all the research literature. So those of you who wanna engage and use it for yourself, read it. Those of you who wanna use it with your clients, read it. We'll discuss it coming up next. So, what does the research say about the arts? Well, let's begin first with the arts being a source of health and well-being with maybe the definition of health. So the World Health Organization, as well as occupational therapy, addresses health as beyond being just symptom-free. It is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. We've expanded it and we expand it in ROT profession as well as the World Health Organization to understand that not only complete health and well being needs to be addressed, but the ability to process and navigate our life when things are not necessarily in total complete health and well being. It also, what, the reason this is so relevant is because the arts in yoga which is in Ayurveda, Ayurveda, which is one of the practices that I am certified in and I engage many of my clients in, discusses the arts and discuss our senses as an additional way to process our life events so that we can assimilate and integrate what is meaningful, valuable, and what will serve us in our life and a way to eliminate that which is not serving us and not helpful and not healing and healthful. So if you look at it that way, to ignore our capacity to create is to ignore our capacity to digest. It would be like ignoring your stomach and your intestines, literally. So when you have a life event, or you're living with a chronic disease, or you're dealing with chronic social issues, the arts are a way to assimilate, to process and assimilate which is what is nourishing, what allows you to be sustained from these life events so that you can digest and process what is meaningful in your life from these events, from these situations. And so, therefore, you will have wholeness, which is the true root of the word health. So... Going beyond the concept of the smiling people in the pharma ads, we are looking for people that feel truly whole, and they're able to do that on a daily basis through a creative process on a daily basis. Any blank notebook will do. Any... Empty time or space before you go into a room that you're having a meeting in, just taking a few deep breaths, doing a little jig if you have something exciting and happy to share. Embody it, imbue your life with the creative processes that you have as your natural, given being. You are a creative being. You are unique. It's impossible for you not to be creative because no one has existed in the world like you and before or will ever after you. So whatever you do is unique. Whatever you do is creative, never before seen. Even if you attempt to imitate someone, you will be doing it in your own unique way. So let us proceed. So the arts activities here that I'm reading from the article can be considered as complex multimodal interventions that combine different components that promote health. And so by getting involved in them, this article says, it allows us to have imagination, which uses different parts of our brain, which are the higher level parts of our brain, which means that if we're able to create, we are out of that stress response, lower brain aspects, right? sensory activation. Many of our problems in life are from low levels of sensory integration, low levels of interoception, of self-awareness. We can create a sensory awareness through the arts. They also evoke an emotion and cognitive stimulation. Many of the art activities that art therapists engage in and occupational therapists engage in with their clients that are experiencing early onset dementia have been found to change the brain. It is so important to realize it that the interaction and the social, inter- the, the individual interaction of yourself with the arts and the social interactions of creating it and processing it with someone, the physical activity and the themes that come up are appropriate not only for healthcare settings, but for your own growth and personal development. So what did they find and how did they do this? So they actually looked at a lot of art uh, articles, research articles, and a lot of different arts. So they uh, looked at, uh, I think it was like hundreds of articles. It was pretty impressive, which is why I wanted to use this article to... Um, review the research literature that's here, they researched over 900 publications were identified of which there were over 200 reviews, systematic reviews, meta-analyses, and meta syntheses all covering over 3,000 studies and over 700 individual studies. And what were the results? Well, The results were clustered under two broad themes, prevention and promotion, and management and treatment of um, health, right? So the prevention and promotion found that engaging in the arts could affect the social determinants of health, support child development, encourage health-promoting behaviors, help to prevent ill health, support caregiving. I'm going to give you an example of uh, these. So for instance, affect the social determinants of health. Many of our social determinants of health are economic. They are uh, our habits and routines. And we can actually determine what these are and making making them, like I said, outside of ourselves with a sleep diary, for instance. Uh, Sleep is a definite health determinant. And using creativity and using a sleep journal, not only do we create a log so that we know what we're dealing with, but it would also create a systematic creative way and relaxing way for the person to engage in new sleep habits and routines child development, fine motor development, emotional regulation through fine motor practice and engaging in the arts, and having an opportunity to express themselves. What did they draw? Many children are very silent, but once they're able to be given something to talk about, which came from within, opens them up beautifully health promoting behaviors. We talked about sleep and preventing ill health. Again, a creative journal. I have found that creating creative journals, self-reflective creative visual journals with my clients are powerful, powerful tools for promoting and preventing ill health. And of course, it allows one to create a journal for caregiving and it makes the caregiving a creative endeavor. And it makes it something that is beautiful. And it makes something that they can see themselves developing emotional depth. And it has been bound to be very, very helpful in managing stress. And seeing where these pockets of free time are available for them for self-care. Let's talk about the management and treatment of health and chronic illnesses. It helps experiencing mental illness. Our ability to express in our body, what is going on, the somatic trauma that stays in our body. Trauma stays in our body. Dance is one of the ways, yoga is one of the ways that allows us to engage that vagal nerve, that parasympathetic nervous system, allows us to get out the trauma from our body. Drawing it, exploring it. There's uh, tons of research of body awareness with anorexia and bulimia, and how these are expressed and uh, found to change over time through the art of journaling and drawing their own bodies. They support people with neurodevelopmental and neurological disorders. You can affect stroke patients, voice development and stress and anxiety, And, um, even their emotional regulation by chanting the mantra Om. an Ajat, There's an incredible article with that. There is tons of research of the satanama mudra that we talked about in the singing. And like I told you before, many, many diagnostic tools now use the voice and same when you're using dance. How you hold yourself, how you engage in your posture affects us neurologically and changes our brain patterns and the chemicals and neurotransmitters that we use in everyday life. They assist in the management of non-communicable diseases and support end-of-life care. Preparing for end-of-life is very, very important. And if you are so fortunate as to have that opportunity at your end of your life to review your life, to... Pull out the gifts that you want to share to be able to say good, your goodbyes in a way that is recorded in some sort of artistic, creative way. It is a most ritualistic, most powerful, symbolic way to navigate your life's journey from beginning to the point that where you are. Many of my clients have used this in their own lives. And then they've used it with their loved ones and they didn't need me. Once they experienced it, once they found out how they could use it and this type of experience, they went on and created their own journals. So what you're doing when you use a creative tool, you're providing an opportunity for them to expand and extend themselves. So that I find very powerful. So that is some of the research. And I'm going to now, in the next section, provide you with the exercise of Smith and Pennebaker that allows you to go beyond simple journaling. And uh, I will also suggest a simple color chakra journal scheme that you can use to allow yourself to check in with yourself every day. So I'll see you in the next segment. So to conclude, we're going to discuss how to go about writing and journaling about an experience that might be challenging, that might be an illness, that might be need, something that needs to be processed. And it's very important to understand that when you're writing for health and for processing, it's not just journaling. It's not just sitting around whining. That is not um, cathartic. There has to be some sort of insight, aha, transformation, it has to be a narrative, uh, a storytelling that empowers, that transforms, that incites, that gives you, that gives you a nourishment and sustainment to move forward. And I would recommend getting the book again, this is from opening up by James W. Pennebaker, that would be P-E-N-N-E, like the pasta, Baker. And he provides many, 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 many exercises. And if you are able to, you wanna also take um, any classes or courses by John Evans and Karen Joost, J-O-O-S-T-E. Uh, I took uh, their course, their training, and I can tell you it is very, very helpful, very powerful, and very useful on a personal and uh, clinical level. I was able to use that and continue to use that with my clients that I see uh, clinically and in my private practice. So here we go. The first thing you must realize when you sit down to write, you want to be detailed, um, you want to be as concretely and as authentically, explicitly, and would provide richness of detail. So you want to use as many words that truly, truly describe the experience, the event, the illness, the object, whatever you're dealing with, with as many words as possible. And you want to write about the event, um continuously do not be uh, hesitant do not edit it just write it and you can write it and get it out there but again to be healing remember it needs to have some sort of list of feelings to it you can engage your body where did you feel the experience what were the feelings you have go through all your senses the narrative needs to be balanced. You need to also have the positive emotions. Um, what are you learning from this? And also, you need to say, where are you? What did you achieve? What happened here? Where, what, what, what was accomplished through this? Every single event happens for you, not to you. We may not realize it at the time, but there is meaning in our life's events and we can find it. We find that meaning and for this capacity to expand on this capacity I would highly recommend Victor Frankl's book that's F R A N K L Victor with a K Victor Frankl's book's man's search for meaning or any of his books on logotherapy. It is the third Viennese school of psychology after Adlerian and Freudian. And I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you read Man's Search for Meaning if you have not already. It is, in a word, life-lifting, uplifting, life-changing. It is the best book to explore meaning at any point in your life. And so once you discover and you're able to write about these experiences, whether they're painful, whether they're about illness, you need to see what does the narrative reveal, go back, look through it. And even retell the story once you've looked through it and write your story, your story is what is going to allow you to move forward in life or it's going to limit you. So look at your journaling as storytelling with as much richness and depth as possible, with as much accuracy in words, positive and negative, and with the insights and ahas that will move you forward. Go back and rewrite your story now with these insights and with this resolution that you've been able to create. Now, with the chakra journaling, which I've done, is you have the seven colors, and I literally put in four little, you know, seven little squares, and I check in with myself in the morning. You know, what color do I feel like? Colors have a vibration. So red is the centering one. Orange is our second chakra. It's the creative relationship one. Yellow is the third chakra the green is your heart chakra the blue is your throat chakra and your third eye is the violet and of course we have the glowing pearlescent white is your seventh chakra and color that and use this creativity you know if you find yourself feeling weak like I literally create like a a thermometer like what how how much red, how much orange, how much, where are you feeling like you are not fully developed in your chakras? Where, And for that, you would have, you know, are you feeling centered? Are you feeling creative and communicative and relating uh, the second chakra, your third chakra, yellow? Do you feel powerful and capable of uh, living your purpose and dharma? Are, do you feel loving and compassion? Are you able to communicate your truth and listen to someone else speak their truth? Are you intuitive and connected to Source? And do you find the beauty and divine in the world around you and in yourself and others? And where you find that you may need some, that the colors are just, you're not, they're just not there, include them. Dress in a particular color, buy the fruit of the particular color, buy some melon, cantaloupe, uh, dress in red when you're feeling the need to feel grounded. And all of these things keep present in your mind. They remind you of your true nature and who you are as a creative being. And they have the vibration components to allow you to experience what you want to need to experience. So keep a little colored chakra journal. And it literally takes less than a minute in the morning to check in with yourself, do some deep breathing. And then engage in the arts. I hope this has been helpful. And draw away. Ride away. <laughs> Sing away. Thank you for listening today. Of Sound Health, we'll post new episodes every Monday. Start your week by exploring and experiencing new and beautiful approaches to enhance your everyday well-being. To continue the conversation, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player or app. Until next week.